0: We're back! Yes, we are. Hello and welcome to Episode 2 of the Amish Furniture Podcast.
1: If you're tuning in for the first time, we are your hosts. I'm Milka Rivera, and I've worked for Dutch Crafters Amish Furniture, the largest online retailer of Amish furniture for four years.
0: And I'm Beth Rice, and I've worked for the Sarasota-based small business founded in 2003 for five years.
1: On this limited series podcast, we'll be sharing the expertise we've gained as members of Dutch Crafters' content communications and marketing team by answering some of the most frequently asked questions we receive about Amish furniture and working with the Amish.
0: Yes, and while we do work for Dutch Crafters, our goal is to educate, entertain, and help no matter where you choose to shop or what your level of interest is in Amish furniture.
1: In today's episode, Beth, some of our colleagues, and me will be sharing stories from visits to Amish woodshops.
0: And in case this is the first time you're joining us, I'd love to just take a moment to give a tiny bit of background on how it is that we visit wood shops up in Amish country. Dutch Crafters is located here in Florida. We're located here because uh, the CEO and his wife live here in Florida. But all of the Amish furniture we offer online is um, authentically handcrafted up in Amish country in beautiful Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Ohio. And It's important uh, to our boss that we all learn about the furniture, how it's made, the details um, that go into it. So he sends us on trips up to Amish country and we get to visit wood shop after wood shop uh, to see what goes into making Amish furniture. In turn, the woodworkers come down here to Florida um, often on their vacations uh to the community in Sarasota called Pinecraft. Uh so they come down here and visit our showroom and tell us details about the furniture and all the latest features and and gather any questions that we have.
1: Some of the stories were pre-recorded, but we hope that they offer a glimpse into our experiences working with Amish wood shops. So let's get started.
0: First up to share their story is Jake. Jake has worked for Dutch Crafters for four years as our multimedia producer and graphic designer and he also produces this podcast.
2: So my story begins on my first day of work at Dutch Crafters. I was living in Indiana. I had been hired by Dutch Crafters to be a photographer and videographer for them. And then I was invited to join their team for a tour of wood shops in Indiana on my first day. So the day began around 4.30 a.m. when I met our team at the hotel. And the Amish woodworkers start work very early in the morning. So when we're visiting them, we start work early too. We met at about 4.30 a.m. at the hotel, did our introductions, uh, and then drove out in the countryside in a van to the address for this shop, which we had gotten from them on the phone. Um, We got to the farm where the address had taken us, the GPS had taken us, and it was completely dark. There were no lights on in the house, there were no lights on in the shed, so we thought, this must not be the right place. Normally in a situation like that, you just call their cell phone and ask what went wrong, ask how to find them, but with the Amish, there's no easy communication like that. So eventually we got back on the road, went back the way we came, and found the shop. We'd we'd driven right past it and not even seen the sign by the road. But we arrived, we came in, and were welcomed warmly, and even provided us breakfast right there. So we got to start the day off with hot coffee, fresh fruit, uh, baked goods, and had a little breakfast together at their shop. And then we went on to tour the shop, and I think four more shops that day and we got that kind of warm greeting repeated wherever we went. So that was a great introduction to the challenges and the benefits of working with Amish woodworkers.
0: I can imagine Jake's first day, that that early morning start, It's it's a jolt. <laughs> <laughs> but I love hearing him talk about it, and it's so true of the Amish, you know, they are, so dedicated to their work, they are up and at it very early. We actually have a blog, um, and this was a blog that um, we put together from team members who went on Amish trips. And the quote from Jake is, "Um, The men and women I met were all friendly, welcoming, and genuine. It never felt as if they had anything important to hurry off to besides being hospitable to those of us visiting. And uh, you can you can really hear that in in the story that he tells, you know, taking the time to have uh, some foods together, some breakfast together, even though they're ready to, you know, get to work. And and many of them are already at work. Um, I I like that he uh, connected with that. Thank
1: you for sharing that story with us, Jake. And what an introduction to the company, your very first day of work, (laughs) being asked to join us in Indiana. It was really a test to see if you were actually as good as you claim to be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're moving on to the next story. Uh, The next one is from Steve. Steve started working with the company almost three years ago as a furniture specialist, and he's moved into becoming a product manager. He moved into that role a little over a year ago. And as a product manager, it's really important to build strong relationships with our wood shops, for the business and for our customers. And these visits give our product managers the opportunity to do just that.
3: So I remember on our second morning in Indiana, we were getting ready, and of course, you have to get up before the sun rises, and it was probably about actually about 4:30 when we were getting up. But we got to our first shop, and it was still dark, of course, and that was uh, Jerry and Rosetta's uh, wood shop they gave us an incredible tour of the woodshop. We got to actually watch a lot of the uh, the people there making the furniture, sanding, cutting. It was really quite interesting. And as we finished up with the tour, they invited us over to their, their home. And of course, we walked across the property a little bit and it was still dark. As we go in the door, they had some uh, furniture set up that they were showing us, but then to the right was their kitchen. So they invited us in there. I thought we were just going to sit and talk for a while but they had a table set up entirely filled with food with breakfast for us so that was that was really unexpected and I remember that we sat down and there was so much food we started eating and Rosetta would keep bringing more food she had hamburgers for breakfast she had sausage, eggs, bacon they had biscuits, they had bread with uh, I remember that uh, Carrie Joe, and Stacy who were with us they really really liked the hot pepper jam and so much so that the next day they went out and they bought some uh, that they had found at some store local up there but they had some hot pepper jam that they really liked. They also had, Rosetta had made fresh grapefruit juice and I remember everybody was just raving about that, the, the fresh grapefruit juice. But while we were having uh, breakfast there I remember that uh, some young children, were getting ready for school and it was interesting to to have them come in and meet us and talk to us and uh, they were getting their backpacks and getting things all ready getting their shoes on getting ready to walk down to uh, the school yard and while doing that i remember looking up and i saw that the sun was rising as we were eating and we could see the sun from outside it was coming over their property you could see that rising and it was a beautiful sight Um, that was one of my fondest memories of of uh, that visit there along with the hospitality and the great food.
0: Uh, That's great. That's a great story from Steve. Um, And the theme of getting up early is there, just like it was with Jake's. Um, It's funny because from my, my teenage daughter, I hear from her often when she does get up early, she says, mom, I'm tired, but I'm glad that I got up early because I can get more done with my day. And the Amish are certainly looking to get as much in to their day, whether it's work or or um, time with family. I know that I loved the food on my trip to Amish country.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Whenever the woodworkers come here to chat with us uh, in the showroom, they always bring treats, whether it's sweet treats or homemade cookies or something like yeah. that. I cannot remember, there was one woodworker, they made these big cookies. I, I'm, I can't remember the name, not birthday cake cookies. Do you remember like all
1: Oh, I don't know if it's the birthday cake ones, but ones that, that, that couple always brings with them, their daughter bakes them. And we have been trying to get the recipe forever and it's a secret. They won't give it to us. They're like ginger molasses cookies or molasses. Oh my gosh. They're so good. The show that I went to, so it was a vendor show. So we, I got to meet a bunch of the woodworkers who are based out of Indiana. Um, You know, they were all at this like convention center and I remember when we got close to that booth um, where those the couple that their daughter makes those cookies. I was there on the trip with two of our product managers, Mary and Ross. And as soon as we were getting close to them, they just like ran over to that booth and were like, "Oh, the cookies! (laughs) Like the ginger molasses cookies!" Like, and but yeah. And I hear every time they bring them, you know, people just rave about them. And they have said several times that several people have said that they've asked for the recipe and they just won't give it to them, which (laughs) I guess is okay. But yeah, they're like as big as your face
0: (laughs) as every good cookie should be. Um, I do want to mention, too, when Steve describes um, that view in the morning, that's uh, something else that's just so nice to see in Amish country. Amish country is just beautiful. And a lot of people, I believe, you know, like to go there to unwind and and just to be in that setting where the pace is slower and and you feel more relaxed. And um, it's something that you can kind of see in our furniture, too. Amish furniture and the way it's handcrafted and having it sitting in your home, knowing it's going to last not just a few years, but for generations to come, it just, it just connects you to that time, that simpler time where Mm -hmm. more effort was put into making things and producing something of value. Um, And when Steve talks about, you know, that view that he saw looking out that window, it just, it just takes you to, takes you to that time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I love that he mentioned that in the story too, because how many of us you know, take time out in the day or are early up early enough and not automatically just plugging into our electronics to really get out and enjoy the sunset. Our CEO, Jim, one time when I was interviewing him for a story um, mentioned that, you know, they had been having dinner with an Amish family one time. And after dinner, they all went out onto the porch and had ice cream and just like watched the sunset and, you know, got to, see the stars and it's those types of moments that you don't really, that we don't really take time to do for the most part. So it is great to get to enjoy those moments on trips. But so, you know, Steve talked about this meal that he had and going back to the trip to Indiana that I got to go where those delicious cookies were. (laughs) Um, You know, I got the opportunity to meet a bunch of our vendors, um, but there's Um, one in particular that I really connected with, and it was a husband and wife team. Um, the husband wasn't there during that trip, but his wife is really kind of the one that runs the wood shop and that's, you know, a little bit, uh, You don't hear that as often that the matriarch of the family is the one who runs the wood shop. But she was there with her son and his wife and their new grandbaby, who was just so cute. And we got to sit down with them. You know, as soon as we went over to talk to them, they had us sit down there. uh, They make dining tables and they had us sit down at one of the dining tables. And, you know, we just ended up having like a 30 minute conversation during this show with them where you know they're essentially supposed to be trying to get business <laughs> and yet they <laughs> took the time to sit there and talk to us. And um, Wilma, who is the owner of the wood shop said, hey, you know, I'm gonna be down in Sarasota in Pinecraft where they have a house in a couple of weeks and I'd love to take you out to dinner. And sure enough, about two weeks later, we got a call from her. And Mary and I went and had dinner with her at one of the Amish restaurants here in town, Der Dutchman. And we ended up having like a two hour conversation over dinner. And I mean, they were just such a lovely couple. They were just really humorous. The food was delicious. Afterwards, we got to go to their house in Pinecraft and you know, we just created a connection. So whenever she's been able to come and visit us here in Sarasota, um, it's been just great to catch up with her. And, you know, she always makes it a point to like give me a little hug whenever I see her. So it was really great to create that connection.
0: So lovely. I- I've noticed when um, the woodworkers, their family members, when they do come to visit us, I'm always impressed by how they remember the names of our staff. They put in such an effort to, um, just as we are, to really make that connection, you know, that we're kind of all this big extended family in a way. All right. So
1: now for a quick break and some reminders before we hear a few more stories. Here on the Amish Furniture Podcast, you'll hear stories like these from Amish country, as well as tips and tricks and advice about Amish furniture.
0: So subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And if you have questions about Amish furniture, today's topic, have a story about a visit to Amish country, or would like to share your idea for future episode topics, we would love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at Now back to the episode. The next story is from Carrie Jo. Carrie Jo has worked for Dutch Crafters for about seven years. She started as an executive assistant before becoming our shipping coordinator, then assistant sales manager, and was recently promoted to showroom and fulfillment manager. Here's Carrie Jo.
4: Fall is one of the most beautiful times of the year to visit Indiana. The leaves are changing colors, the air is crisp, and the sun is shining. Horse and buggies line the road and the smell of freshly baked pastries fills the air. Last year, that was the Indiana that welcomed our group from Dutch Crafters, which included the company's owners and several members of the sales team. On one of our many woodshop visits during the trip, we visited Aura, one of the most dedicated and knowledgeable woodworkers I have ever met. Aura's woodshop is like many of our builders. It is in his barn, next door to his home, and the landscape is covered with small farms with horses and cows and large crops of corn and soybeans. My emotions are always a mix of eagerness and excitement when I visit a shop for the first time and meet a builder that I've known for years but have never met in person. When you walk into Ora's shop, the first thing you notice are two huge black buggies with large spindle wheels, a sharp contrast to the vibrant rainbow of bird feeders that cover every available surface. Within minutes of speaking with Aura, a soft-spoken man with a great laugh, his passion for birds and bird feeders is evident. He quickly dashed around the space, picking up one bird feeder after another, lovingly explaining the details of each piece. Aura explained that one bird feeder is a particular color to attract the bird, and the design of the feeder helps the bird to feel safe because he likes to have his back protected while he eats. Another bird feeder allows the bird to eat in an open space and provides ample room to move, which is more conducive to that bird's eating style. Ora's expertise in ornithology was quickly apparent, and the group hung on to every word as he painted a vivid picture of North American bird behaviors. Soon, the conversation turned to the buggies, where we each got a turn to look in and marvel at the craftsmanship and ask questions about life without cars. Or explained how he uses a horse and buggy to deliver his completed bird feeders to the local post office and to travel to the library to continue his research on birds. To date, this has been my most memorable woodshop visit and one of my favorite trips to Indiana. My biggest takeaway from this woodshop was that, of course, Orr builds bird feeders for our customers. But deep down, he really builds bird feeders for the birds.
0: I love that. Um that he's building the bird feeders for the birds. You know, that's just something to draw attention to again um, that that we see and we can hear in Carrie Joe's story. There's such purpose to these visits to the woodshops um, where we can observe the woodworkers really just displaying the expertise in their craft. And this is what we're talking about with Amish furniture, wherever you're shopping for it. Um, it's made with such devotion. You know, when Carrie Jo speaks about that Bird feeder and the one type that the bird's back is protected while he's eating. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's just these little details, you know, that go into the furniture, into the bird feeders to deliver the right product to the customer. I did get to go on the trip that I went on with her uh, to Ohio. She spoke about Indiana here, but um, we went to Ohio and we were at a, a Millcraft wood shop. They make some stunning bedroom furniture. And I remember that um, we observed uh, the making of a drawer. And we were watching them make dovetail joints. And I think we talked briefly about dovetail joints in our last podcast. But you know, they're the type of joinery that um, just isn't going to come apart there. It's it's put together for that drawer to be used over and over and over for decades. Um, And Carrie, Carrie, Joe, and I were watching them make the drawer. And then when they had completed one, they let us stand on it and we took a picture just kicking our leg high in, legs high in the air on top <laughs> of this drawer um in the Amish wood shop
1: yeah i i love the picture that she paints with her story like i'm envisioning aura getting you know just filling up the back of his buggy with packages for the post office, you know, and then just also then envisioning him going to the library and just eating up these books, uh, you know, on birds so that he can better understand the birds and what's going to attract them to those feeders so that customers can essentially be happy with their purchase because it's attracting, you know, birds to the theater. So I just I just really love that story a lot. That's probably one of our favorite things to do is to show customers when they come to the store um how sturdy the furniture is because of just by how sturdy those drawer boxes are and that you are able to stand on them. And a lot of customers don't, you know, believe us, we'll say you can stand on it and they just <laughs> kinda look at us like, No, you know, I'm not even gonna try it. But there's always that person that, you know, is willing to do it and it just shows the quality of the, of the work. So.
0: We were at the shop for Berlin gardens. When we went to Ohio, we visited Wayne Millersburg and Berlin. And, um, the day that we went to the Berlin gardens shop, we started early. (laughs) Yeah. For the sun. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) What a shocker. (laughs) (laughs) But on to our, um, our our Berlin Gardens experience. Berlin Gardens makes that exceptional poly outdoor furniture. Poly is made with recycled plastic. So um, when we got to the Berlin Gardens shop, uh, we saw all all the different you know Adirondack chairs, porch swings, um, these exceptional pub table sets. They even had some new chairs that they were putting out that were a more contemporary design. Um, with, you know, kind of a very minimalistic look. And we got to sit in those and and check them out. We were able to see um, some of the women who worked on the cushions for the poly furniture. We walked through this large room that was just full from floor to ceiling with stuffing. And Milka, when I tell you that it was very hard to resist, you know, just taking a full speed run towards that stuffing and just throwing yourself into it. I, when I tell you that it was difficult to resist doing that and maintain your composure in front of the Amish woodworkers, it was (laughs) difficult. I'm not lying.
1: I I believe you. I feel that I would not have been able to restrain myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was like pretend snow, even though there was real snow outside because it was January when we visited, but we made our way through that room without embarrassing ourselves. And uh, we got to see this machine where they were going to shoot the stuffing into the cushion. And one of the Amish woodworkers, this um, sweet lady, she said to Carrie Jo, you know, would you like to catch a cushion? And of course, Carrie Jo is always gung ho and up for anything. And she was like, absolutely, I'd love to catch the cushion. No problem. (laughs) So she showed her where to stand. And here, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know why I was thinking this, because this sweet little Amish lady, was catching cushions, that's what she does, and here I'm thinking this thing is gonna come shooting out of there and, you know, knock Carrie Jo over like a bowling pin. I don't know why I was thinking that, but, but uh, she showed Carrie Jo where to stand and the, the stuffing shot out of there and filled up the cushion and it was just, it was fun to watch. I stood way back, but it was fun to watch.
1: That sounds like fun to watch.
0: Absolutely. And I I will say there are some photos of that on one of our blogs. I'm just going to take a a little side here to mention our blog for people who, you know, really love to immerse themselves in Amish culture and, and, of course, have an interest in Amish furniture. Our blog is called Timber to Table. I love that title.
1: It's a great blog. title. It's a
0: really good <laughs> title. And this, the name of this particular blog is called Woodworking and Whoopie Pies. Oh,
1: good title. Who came it's, up with that?
0: I will say I came up with that title. Um, <laughs> and uh, it has a picture of Carrie Jo getting ready to catch the cushion. Um, so, you know, our blog is a, is a great source for um, not only these scenes from Amish country, but also uh, for... Um, some fundamentals about Amish furniture, answering questions you might have about Amish furniture right down to, you know, what's the purpose of different table edges and, and things like that. Real, real specifics. Um, it's also a spot where we have uh, guest blogs. Um, Eric Wessner is the founder of AmishAmerica.com. And we have several guest blogs from Eric um, on Timber to Table, if if you'd like to check them out. his His site is just a wealth of information about the Amish.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's see. Our last woodshop visit story comes from Scott and Ross. Scott has worked for Dutch Crafters for about seven years. He was our first product manager and now manages the product management team. Ross has worked for Dutch Crafters for four years. First as a product manager and now as the manager of our business finance team. Here's their story full of humor, peril and ice cream.
5: Yeah. So, the last trip that I went on up to Amish country was in August of 2017. I went um, up there with Scott, who's also joining me, as well as two other category managers at the time. Uh, We went up to Pennsylvania to a woodworking show where there were vendors from Indiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Um, They were all, but we spent a lot of time with uh, one of our top uh, poly furniture vendors um, at the show, and then also um, he took us out to dinner one evening at Longhorn with one of his many sons. It was fun to get that time with him and, and his son. Um, but then after that, I think he rode back. Uh, he took us over to his house, which I've never been. Have you been there before, Scott? Uh, yeah, it would be the second time.
6: Okay, This trip was the second time I was there. Nice.
5: So he showed us his barn. Uh, I think he had
6: two horses in the barn. And I spent some time with the with the horse on a on a personal level and started, uh, petting his head. And, um, I think as I was doing that, the vendor said, be careful because he likes to kick. And I think the second that happened, that horse kicked the wall of that barn so hard that I'm, I'm still, I think I'm still kind of, uh, somewhat traumatized by it. It was, it was scary. It had its, its elements of, uh, danger. Yeah.
5: I just me. stood back and let you, <laughs> let you do your thing. And I think I just took pictures. So. He ended up um taking us on a buggy ride after that. Um and the buggy that we went on, it was like a open, it wasn't closed. Um I think two or three people can probably fit in the front. Um, and then probably four to six people in the back. There were two benches. Mm-hmm. Um but it
6: was all open. Yeah, he had uh two buggies, and this one was referred to as the convertible. So he had one that was a closed top that they use in the winter, which is smaller. Um, and this one was almost uh Uh, i don't believe it ever had a top and it was it was big very large in the back as i remember it um okay yeah i couldn't remember
5: yeah but i think we hopped on there i think we probably spent a good 30 45 minutes on the on the ride um but we were going up and down They weren't like huge hills but they were it was a little hilly in pennsylvania it was august so i don't remember it being super hot but it was cool enough you know, the sun was setting at night and it was really enjoyable. I remember there being a breeze. Um, he got quite a bit of speed uh on it, if <laughs> you remember that. Um there the was hills. corn and bean fields, um, you know, as far as the eye could see. Um, but it was really beautiful. But he told us he was taking us to get ice cream and I kind of envisioned um us like going and parking the buggy and then um going in somewhere to get ice cream. But we rolled up to uh Lab Valley Farm. And there is a huge line of, um, buggies, um, waiting in a drive-through, uh, line to get ice cream. So we went through a drive-through to get ice cream. Um, never thought that I would have done that, but I can cross out the budget (laughs) list. Um, but it was a lot of fun. He treated us to ice cream and then, uh, we rode back to the uh, to the house. And then when we
6: got back, um, he gave us a tour of the house, I, I think. Yeah, we went, uh, showed us all around the house and i I think his parents owned the property on a farm that's right next to his house for sure, and it was all by the time we were getting back to the house I think it was um
5: it was getting pretty dark i don't if it was head, dark are there headlights on the buggy i don't yes
6: remember. yeah, there was a a lamp, and then he also had blinkers um to signal oh, yeah. his turns as well okay uh that was another thing that was really stuck out too. How quickly cars pass buggies is almost unreal to me um uh, I remember that being a big highlight is that you're very close to automobiles that if they were to hit the buggy it would be a really bad outcome. So uh anyone listening out there that drives next to buggies just know that it's not pleasant um when you drive by really quick so word of caution. <laughs> yeah,
5: so that was my that was my experience on my one and only buggy ride. Have you taken <laughs> other buggy rides, Scott?
6: I've been on a couple. Yeah, but all pretty similar kind of experience. The ice cream was, was different. The ice cream was special. It was uh it was a good ending to a good day with good ice cream. So Yeah. A lot of fun. All in all it's a good trip. We'll probably do it again. Ten out of ten. We'll do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh
1: thank you to Scott and Ross for the review of that trip. Ten out of ten, you heard it trip advisor. I think what has stood out to me from the majority of these stories too is that like those special little moments that happen where we get invited into their home or we get to go on a buggy ride and get to have ice cream or those cookies. Um.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Those, those moments just make great, great memories uh, from these trips. I can, I cannot imagine, you know, just doing a drive through in a buggy. I'm just.
1: That definitely sounds like a unique and memorable experience.
0: It does. Um, from their story, I'm also glad that Scott brought up about, you know, driving in Amish country. It's so scenic, um, and, and beautiful. And I have not been on a buggy ride myself, but, um, so many people love to go there to, to see it and to shop and, and see Amish country. But it's so important to remember to, to be respectful and careful on those winding roads. Um, I know Eric Wesner from AmishAmerica.com. He has, you know, a good number of articles that, he puts out, you know, of, you know, some, some tragic consequences, sadly, with, with um, cars coming through Amish country and Mm -hmm. and buggies that are on the road. So I'm glad Scott mentioned that it's important to remember when, when we're visiting.
1: Yeah, definitely important to remember. All right. Uh, So we hope that you've enjoyed these stories from Amish country. Before we say our goodbyes, Beth and I are going to share something we learned um, from these stories or a favorite part of a story that was shared with us. I'll go ahead and go first. (laughs) Um, so I think there's like a few things that stood out to me and, and that most people mentioned, and that was those early morning, you know, wake up hours that we've talked about a few times already. Um, the hospitality, you know, I think everybody just felt so welcome. And I remember feeling that way at the show too. It's like every booth we went to, I, I hadn't been working for the company for very long when I went to the show. And I'd maybe just talk to a few vendors, if any. And I mean, they were just all acting like they'd met me before and they were just so happy that I was there. So yeah, those are those are the things. And I feel like, you know, you hear that in every single story pretty much.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Um, when I connect with some of these stories and I, I hear, you know, descriptions of, you know, the early morning and, and the sunrise and the... The um, pace of life—that's uh, something that I really, I really connect to. That really jumps out for me. I've, I've always said, you know, that I just want to live in Laura Ingalls' cabin for a while or Anne of Green Gables, you know, um, and run around there, you know, in, in that, that life for a while. But um, I actually have a quote from um, the blog that I had quoted from before is called um, "Traveling Amish Country," and this quote is from Ross. Um, who just gave us that last story, and he said, the pace of life is different in Amish communities. Large farms everywhere, acres of yard, and tons of cornfields. Amish country just has that quiet, family-oriented feel. And that's something that that jumps out at me from these stories. And, and there's one other thing is the woodworkers and the pride they put in their products. I think mm-hmm. we hear that come through in, in a lot of the stories when people bringing back you know different details like Carrie Jo did about you know those bird feeders and that kind of thing um just the attention to detail and all the effort that the the woodworkers put into their products it, it just makes me so proud of what we what we offer at Dutch Crafters and what what people find wherever they're shopping for Amish furniture.
1: I think for breakfast tomorrow I'm gonna make a burger and some fresh squeezed <laughs> grapefruit juice. I feel inspired. <laughs>
0: That sounds
1: yummy. <laughs> yes. The only thing that would make it better is that ginger Moss cookie recipe. I
0: know. One as big as your head.
1: <laughs> All right. That's it for our second episode. Again, I'm Milka Rivera.
0: And I'm Beth Rice.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and make sure to follow or subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you to those of you that have listened to episode one, Misconceptions About Amish Furniture, and left a rating and or a review. We very much appreciate
0: it. Also, don't forget that we want to hear from you. What questions do you have about Amish Furniture? Do you have a topic idea for a future episode or do you have a story about a trip to Amish country that you would like to share with us? If you do, please email us at podcast dutchcrafters.com.
1: The topic of our next episode is insider tips shopping for Amish furniture. Even if you're not in the market for Amish furniture, you may be able to use some of these tips to help spot good quality furniture and we promise that we will make it lots of fun. So we look forward to your reviews, comments, and emails, and thank you so much for listening.